Welcome. Today is Monday, November 19th. Happy episode 20. We will be live on Facebook for the entire episode. Lucky for all you guys out there. Today we learn what drives Matt and Muse nuts. We try not to be too loud or too quiet for Matt's sake. We revisit a story we talked about in episode 4. We discuss the unique trail one Heisman Trophy is making. Matt and Muse both ran about the Lions and we discuss a major beer merger in the great beer state. Let's go. This is the Matt and Muse Show with Matt Hensler and Adam Musinski. Welcome back. Uh, a little two-week absence, but we are back at Ready Rock. That's okay. You know, they say good things come to those who wait. Absent, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I've never heard that before. Really? Really. I feel like that's a common saying. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe down <laughs> south, like Detroit. South. Maybe. That's where I grew up, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to explain something real fast for everyone out there. Um, we go Facebook Live every Monday around 8.30. Uh, typically, we do the first half of the show on Facebook, uh, and then we go and record another about a half hour, 45 minutes. Um, that's just audio, no Facebook on that. Uh, so if you watch it on Facebook, you're not getting the whole thing except for today because it's our 20th episode and we're excited. So you can go on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're continually adding more platforms where you can find us. If we're somewhere that you listen to podcasts and we're not there, if you're somewhere and we're not, let us know. Uh, we'll do any, anything we can to get on there uh, to make your lives easier. And if you're listening to this on the podcast through our audio, go check us out on Facebook, man. Man Muse. What up, though? What up, though? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> since we skipped last week, we're still going to talk about this question of the podcast because I think you sent this text to me or you posted about it on Facebook or something. Here's like, I have a problem. I hate my TV volume being an odd number, unless, of course, it ends at a 5. I turn it to 12, and it's too loud for a sleeping baby. To 10, it's too quiet. 11 is just right, but it's wrong. And I'm cringing while I enjoy my show. Explain yourself. All right, so uh, I don't know why. I don't know why this came about. I hate odd numbers, except for the number 1, the number 3, and any odd number that ends in a 5. Other than that, I hate odd numbers. Kay. So when I got TV volume, and I always put it on like 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, I can't put it on 7, 9, 11. It bugs the hell out of me. Those three you cannot. You can put it on the other odd numbers. What do you mean? Because you can put it on three, five. I can put it on a one. I can put it on three. I can't put it on 13. Oh. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know why. It just makes me cringe. That's what I like in my car. It doesn't have numbers. It's got this little bar that fills up with volume. Yeah. I only fill it up a certain way. I can't tell them what's in there. What right. really gets me, though, is we you know in the ones <laughs> where you get, like, two bars in little groups in the radio. Yes. Have you ever seen those? Yes. I can't have this one bar in a group. <laughs> it drives me nuts, too. Shana's car is like that, and I have to have, like, <laughs> groups of two. It can be three groups of two. That's fine. But it has to be a whole group of two, and it's just, like, three groups of two and a group of one. That's stupid. And a group of one's stupid. But it's always the odd numbers that are the best volume. I don't think you're alone at this. I, yeah, I've found out that I'm not. Because I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not at the point where I'll sit there and stress about it. No, but it stresses me out. I sweat. <laughs> I just... 
It all makes me. I don't sleep at night thinking about it at times. <laughs> That's not true. I have no problem sleeping. That'd be bad. So yeah, I was sitting. I don't What's up, what Troy Story? <laughs> I don't remember what show I was watching the other night, and I had the volume at twelve. And Shana just put the baby to bed, and she came out and said, "Hey, can you turn that down a little bit?" And I turned it down to ten, and I couldn't hear it. And so <laughs> I turned up to eleven. I'm like, "Man, this is perfect," but. Oh, it's it's at eleven. I know it's at eleven. I don't even know what's going on in the show anymore because I know it's at eleven. It's bothering me. <sighs> I feel better talking about it. I appreciate that. Well, I'm just trying to give you a way to air your grievances and. But, uh, what's my volume at over there? You don't want to know. Good. Good. One point nine. Oh my. Oh, well, that's God. your microphone. Oh. Your <laughs> your speakers oh. headphones are at five point four. I can handle that. Which is. Weird, weird though. Number, but that one always fluctuates depending how you're feeling that day, though. I think I got selective hearing. I think so too. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so. Everything that bothers you? Slow drivers and leaves. Oh. I cannot stand slow drivers, and I think it's because I'm on the road all day, so I get road rage if people aren't uh-huh. going at least five over the speed limit. <laughs> so at one time, I think it was in high school, I had a brilliant idea, and I was giving a speech, and. Not so much for slow drivers necessarily, but the elderly drivers who can't do very well, who also are usually slow drivers. Yeah. They should have a specified lane, like behind a wall. Like put a wall in between elderly (laughs) drivers and the rest of the population. I don't... Segregate old people on the road. Yeah, because segregation has led us to so many great things. No, I mean, it's it's for the white old people, the black old people, the green old people, everybody. Oh, man. What's up, Corey? Um, no, I think at a certain age, you should have to legitimately retake the driving portion of a driver's test. I know people my age that I don't know how pass the driver's test. Right. I think it should be like every 10 years, which I know the state can't afford, or every 20 years or something. Go back, remember how to drive, go from there. I don't know. All right. Why not? I, I don't you got to go renew your license. No, it's fine. Why not make them work for it? Oh, Maybe yeah, you'll you get a lot of them. Renew your license, they make you look at this little thing. Is oh, there's a light on the left or the right? right. And you just guess, and they say it's wrong, and you say, "Whoops, I meant the other side." And yeah. Then oh, here's your license. Here's the keys to a three thousand pound vehicle. Don't kill anyone. Yeah, pretty much. You know. Also, here's a text message and a cell phone. And a yeah. Radio and, radio and furnace. Furnace. Got Heat. A furnace. And Mr. Heater Heat. buddy in your car. Yeah. <laughs> and leaves. I don't like leaves. They annoy me. How do you feel about like leaves in a table? Like when you make your table wider and you oh, a leaf? Yeah. I'm okay with a leaf. I don't like leaves. Well, what if you get multiple leaves? Then it's called a leaves. Yeah, leaves. Multiple leaves. I think it's leaves. No. Google that. Are you I want to know now. Yeah, okay, you do your next thing. All right. So <laughs> Leaves. I don't like leaves. <laughs> and Matt doesn't like odd numbers except five and three. And one. The number and one. one. Just number one Just the number three. So number three was sort of pressured on me. <laughs> I want to be number six what for softball. That? And number six is already taken by the legendary Gary. And uh, <laughs> Gary Munt is his name. He's a legendary softball player. He was already number six, which is my baseball number. I said, all right, I'll be number three. And so I was three. I still am. I like the number 14. Remember asking to continue? Wow, wait! I don't remember asking you to be on the show. Just remember, hey. I have yeah, controls. You did. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was there when you asked me. <laughs> I think it was a mutual thing. <laughs> so why are we doing this? Let's do it and record. Um, Thanksgiving is here. 
Uh, Thanksgiving week is here. Thanksgiving is here on Thursday. Uh, I love Thanksgiving. Me too. I love you love food, Thanksgiving. I love hunting. I love football, football, beer, deep fried turkeys. Yes. Um, actually, hang on. Go back. We didn't talk about what everyone else said about the first question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie Rutt says... Table extensions called leaves, L-E-A-V-E-S. Well, that is clearly wrong because it's not everything you read on the internet is true. Uh, Charlie Rutz uh, says you're a spirit animal. Doppelgangers for sure. Uh, Brian Kloss. You definitely have a type. Wants a four on the volume when he goes to bed. Uh, Melanie, my lovely wife, also prefers fives, fifteens, or twenties and not in between. But she won't let it ruin her show. Um, I'll get to her. Don't worry. Steve, new dad. Congrats, buddy. Earbuds. Makes sense. Don't want to wake the baby. Uh, Brooke, lovely Brooke. Uh, volume always has to be an even number. See, I'm not alone. Everybody, everybody's smart like me. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Uh, Love support. Love yeah. and support in this room. And then obviously, what what are our favorite things about Thanksgiving? Food, family. Uh, Melanie really likes the stuffing and sweet potato tarts. Uh, Matt, what is a sweet potato tart? I don't like them, but uh, we're going to make them actually on Wednesday. So it's like I just bought all everything for them. So it's sweet potatoes. Yep, I figured. Um, pecans. Then like some Pecan. oils and spices or whatever. And they're in the mini phyllo shells, which are like... Like phyllo Farnsworth? Philo F-I-L-L-O. Okay. Who someone's calling me out on that yingling, homie. Um, it's like a tiny pastry shell so it's like a bite-sized pastry shell all right with yeah, opening yeah. so yeah that's what that is but uh i guess this goes back to my pet peeve no christmas until after thanksgiving my friends i just ranted about this on a minute with muse the fat man can wait respect the damn bird it's the best holiday stop putting up your christmas lights stop singing christmas carols i'm gonna cut your trees down if i see any of them up ho <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Shove my foot in your mouth. Is that a threat or a promise? We'll see how tonight goes. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving is when I get to go hunting because in my deer blind, I sleep so <laughs> good. You go hunting to sleep. No, I go hunting to shoot a deer, but usually I sleep. I don't want to know how many deer I've missed. I was sleeping, and they probably walked right by me and sniffed me <laughs> and laughed at me. Like, probably. Oh, you're not going to see me. Yeah. Thanksgiving. So you see all those memes on the internet that are like the big bucks sitting outside of people's windows. Yeah. Oh, you're sleeping. That's what happens to you, except they're all in there looking in your deer blind. Yeah. Probably taking selfies. Uh-huh. They, they totally have thumbs. <laughs> Get with the program. You're the one falling asleep <laughs> in a deer blind, not me. I prefer to sleep in my bed where it's warm and cozy. Oh, man. If, oh, you've never experienced sleeping in a deer blind if you don't prefer that. It is It is one of the true, true beautiful things in life is sleeping <laughs> in a deer blind. Until you get woken up by a pack of coyotes. Oh, my God. Well, that's <laughs> Was that you. this past weekend? Yes, that happened to me on Saturday morning. Nice. It was that was a cool video. It was a creepy video. I will share it later on the Matt and Muse page or anybody that's interested. You need to. Okay. Or you can follow Matthew Daniel Hunter on Instagram. Uh, I don't post much on my own Instagram. Well, you should. Okay. You're famous now. 
Okay, good for me. All <laughs> you, right. you live a public life. <laughs> People need to know these things. <laughs> oh, I can't hide from anybody. So we're watching, obviously, Monday Night Football as we do this, and one of the legendary broadcasters of Monday Night Football, Al Michaels, was at one time traded for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. You know who Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is? Kind of. So Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was essentially Walt Disney's precursor for Mickey Mouse. And What's up, Matt Z? At one time. Kevin. Matt or Kevin? I'm just shouting out to everyone listening, trying to get more interaction, my friends. Okay. Action. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> Al Michaels was working for um, ESPN, who was owned by Disney. And Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, the rights to him, was owned by NBC. And they, at one point, traded the rights to a made-up fictional <laughs> animal for a human being. So Al Michaels was traded for, I guess, an idea? I don't know. I think it's funny. I think it's really weird. It is funny, because he's a legendary broadcaster. And nobody's ever heard of Oswald, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Rabbit. No, not at all. Should be called Oswald the Nobody Knows Who You Are. Rabbit. Right. It, it just. Off the tongue better. How does someone as legendary as Al Michaels gets traded for a fictional drawing? Better question. How did Rabbit's Feet become a good luck item? Who's that lucky for? Oh, you have a rabbit foot. That's creepier carrying around a rabbit foot. <laughs> no, it is not lucky for the damn rabbit. He had to cut his foot off. Now he's got a three-legged rabbit jumping around your garden. That's not very lucky. He's going to be eaten by a wolf. What is this? It's, it's absurd. It started in 600 B.C. Oh, okay, yeah. By the Celtic people. Celtic. Yep. <laughs> hey, I don't like Boston. There's a reason. <laughs> the Celtic people. Yep. That's all, all right. I got on that. Okay. So, another legendary broadcaster, Ernie Harwell, was once traded as a broadcaster um, for a player when the Brooklyn Dodgers general manager, Branch Rickey, traded catcher Cliff Draper, Dapper, (laughs) can't read, (laughs) to the Crackers in exchange for breaking Harwell's broadcasting contract. Um, Harwell was brought to Brooklyn to substitute for Red Barber, who had a bleeding ulcer. Okay, so why are we trading broadcasters for like people that are in a completely different line of work uh, or fictional? I don't, I don't know, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read three things to you, and if you wouldn't have just read that paragraph, I bet you could name what sport it was: Branch Ricky, Cliff Dapper, in the Crackers. <laughs> What sport do you think that is? It's baseball. Exactly. <laughs> I can say maybe. What hockey. year? I, I didn't write down the year when I saw this. It was. A, I mean, obviously, it was 1948. When did Jackie Robinson come in the league? Jackie Robinson came in the league in 1962. So this was. I have no idea. That's the year he was inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Good job. I knew there was something to do in 1962. Uh, 47. Ah, that was so close. 
What year was this again? I was not paying attention. Oh, right after. Interesting. I bet you the Crackers aren't a team anymore. Kevin wants to know who you think will win the NFC East. I mean, the Cowboys, right? It's a mess. Someone's going to win with an 8-8 record. And you know what the Cowboys are good at? No. Going 8-8. Yeah. Yeah. Um, up until yesterday, up until yesterday, I would have said Washington. Yeah. We'll get to that later, though. Unless you want to get to it now. No, we'll get to that later. I just want to say um, we are still five minutes left in the first here on Monday Night Football, and Jared Goff already has me 12 fantasy points. Keep it up, man. He's going golf. Go and go. <laughs> Matt Kuchar uh, last weekend won the Mayakoba Golf Classic. First first win in four and a half years. Say Mayakoba five times fast. Mayakoba, 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 Mayakoba. In your face. <laughs> oh, good for you. Can't read me. You can say things fast. Right? <laughs> my mouth moves faster than my eyes, and my brain is just at last. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. (laughs) It explains everything. (laughs) So I I have to say something. Really, it's an admission. Um, When I am watching college professional football, the strength and conditioning coaches, they're always the guys looking at really tight polos and they're freaking jacked up all the time like they just snorted in the line of of, uh, creatine powder. (laughs) They get me pumped up. These guys are walking around without jackets on in 10-degree weather hitting guys in the top of the head when they come off the field. They're always in a good mood. They're jumping around, screaming and yelling. I want to be a strength and conditioning coach, but I am too fat. (laughs) It looks like a great line of work for somebody that doesn't drink beer. Yeah, and works out all the time. If I I got paid to work out, I would, man, I would look good. If everyone got paid to work out, they'd look good. You know what I always see is um, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg's schedule. He wakes up like 2.30 in the morning and does like three workouts and plays golf. And Mr. Family Man goes to bed at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Hate him. It's because he doesn't have a 10-hour job he has to go to in the middle of the day. Hate him. I love him. him. I do love him. I don't hate him. I hate him because I'm envious of him. Yeah. I want that bod. Fire up chips, baby. Uh, the CFU Chippewa men's basketball team <laughs> wins the Junkajoo Jam Tournament for the second consecutive year this past weekend. Congrats, chips. The, Fire up. Uh, the, the what tournament? Junkajoo Jam in the that Bahamas. Sounds like, that sounds like a tournament that takes place in like a kid's play area. Like when you run it out for is Junkajoo, it's like a place you run out for uh, birthday parties maybe. It's got a bunch of trampolines and a ball pit. That's what I think of when you say Junkajoo. I think of Central Michigan University basketball team owning everyone in the Bahamas. Okay. I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy for them. They did really good. Woo! Um, in other news, Michigan State beat Tennessee Tech in basketball 101-33. to <laughs> thought that was very interesting. And at the halftime of the Eastern Michigan University and Rutgers game, the Rutgers tonight, Monday night, the Rutgers <laughs> held Eastern Michigan to four points at the half. Four Rutgers. Points. You got to share that store, score once that game's done. 
I will. Go on the next thing. You have to check something. <laughs> As previously reported, Dan Gilbert is selling his downtown Detroit casino, Greektown. Huge uh, news. Yes. Huge, huge, huge news. It's officially had an accepted deal on it. Um, now the rumors begin. Is he going after Tigers or Lions? Uh, Lions, everyone's saying they won't sell, and it'll just saying he won't sell the Tigers. Who he's going after, we don't know, but I'm assuming something. Let's see him sell the Cavs and go after the Pistons, please. Where did he come from? Where did he go from, Pat Nigel? Woodstock founder Michael Lang says the plans for a 50th anniversary festival in 2019 are a go. I forgot how to use my computer. Obviously, because you're lost over there. (laughs) I'm getting there, don't worry. All right, in some gruesome news, (laughs) Alex Smith breaks his leg, tibia and fibula, 33 years to the day after Joe Theismann on the same yard line, and it had the same final score. Yep, so it was 33 years of the day. They were one year apart in age. The same final score of the game. No, well, no. No, they were one year apart in age. So, I mean, they're very similar in their, their careers. Oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not currently. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, that was 33 years ago, dude. Alex Smith was no, no, a year no, old. No, not, they are not currently a year apart in age. But when the injuries happened, they were both in the same point of their career. Happened the same exact stadium, the same exact yard line. Was it the same leg, too? I think it was the same leg, too. It could have been. I think it was both right leg. That's uh, depressing. Update. There is... Uh, a minute 40 seconds left in the Rutgers Eastern Michigan game. Rutgers are up 63 32. The Eastern Michigan Eagles have scored eight <laughs> times as many points in the second half than they did in the first half. Oh, gosh. They suck. Actually, I don't know. I never watched Eastern Michigan football. <laughs> uh, so, what's up, Ricky? That sucks to be Alex Smith. Yep. But we move on college football uh past weekend not many big changes or upsets um that's the big news was citadel and alabama were tied at halftime and then they lost by 23 yeah that was uh i got really excited for a minute there oh nothing would make me happier than seeing nick saban lose to a team that he has no business even scheduling that late in the season no ever Never ever. He, there's no reason Alabama should ever play the Citadel. <laughs> you know who they played this week? The Citadel. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it was 10 to 10 and a half, which was amazing. Absolutely awesome. Um, there was also almost another great upset in the uh, Ohio State game. Bleep you, Urban Meyer. We have an affinity against Urban Meyer around here. Is affinity the word I wanted? I think so. I don't we know. don't like Urban Meyer around here. Is this one of those Could've guys really easy that. to hate? Just get one of those faces. You see him, I'm like, yeah, I don't like you. And okay. He coaches the Buckeyes. No, he does. I'm not a, uh, not a fan. Nope. Believe you, Maryland won that game. You have two losses in my record book. I mean, so here's my thoughts on that game. So, Maryland, they came down to a two-point conversion. If they got a two-point conversion, they would have won the game. That was a very brilliant move because they had nothing to lose. At the end of the game, they still put up... How many points? 48 points or whatever it was on Ohio State? Mm -hmm. That's a loss. Big time. Big time loss in my book for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So, good for Maryland. They got a lot of crap going on in their program this year and after school. It's cool to see them fight back like that. Word. Uh, Professional football. 
So we'll talk about the Lions later, but nothing too too big besides Alex Smith getting hurt. Okay. Unless you got something else you want to talk about. I don't know. Professional football? Yeah. No, but I do want to mention that uh, there's a Toy Story 4 movie coming. Oh, man. There's some trailers online. They're really funny. I'm kind of excited for it. Apparently what it's about is there's this little spork that's having an existential crisis because the kid glued googly eyes on it. And it made him become, like, a toy that's alive with all the other toys. But he's not supposed to be a toy because he's a spork. So I think that's what the movie's about. Looks kind of funny. What's up, Gino? You want to go watch Toy Story 4 with me? I do, actually. I'll be very excited to watch. I own the other three. I'm over there by my DVDs because we're in my basement. (laughs) (laughs) There is a a pimp in... uh, Nevada. I'm pretty sure he's uh, located in Las Vegas. He is a legal pimp. He owns, I think, six or seven different brothels. His name is Dennis Hoff, and uh, he just won a, a Republican primary election. What? Um, I'm just looking at this article right now in awe. Um, I uh, I don't know why, but I think that's hilarious. And that's uh, this is not a political show by any means, but that's sort of the nature of the politics in the U.S. right now. Is I'm a pimp. I'm going to win votes. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought that's worth bringing up. Kind of funny. And that was our conversation from episode four, so quite a while ago. But Dennis Hoff, he, uh, <laughs> he did win votes. He won a lot of votes. <laughs> <laughs> now he's the 36th Assembly District position in Nevada. So, he's yeah, dead. Dennis Hoff, born October 14th, 1946, died October 16th, 2018. He was 72 years old. He died at his, was found dead um, after his 72nd birthday party. <laughs> he was found dead by none other than the great, I don't know how great of a porn star <laughs> I, he is, but Ron, Ron Jeremy yeah, found him. I'd hold off on the word great. The fat porn star, Ron Jeremy. Um, I would assume that there was no foul play, but I would guess that due to his line of work, I'm sure a lot of drugs and alcohol were a factor. No. He did not drink and he did not do drugs. I don't believe I don't either, but that's just what the articles are saying. That's because he was a politician. They have to say that. Then something's going to come out. So for those of you who have HBO, he was one of the stars of the show Cat House, which uh, portrayed the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, which is one of his legal brothels that he owned. So that sort of is one of his connections that people outside of Nevada would know him. Um, he was supposedly in his life a lot more than just somebody that dealt with prostitution and brothels and that type of stuff. He was interviewed multiple times by Oprah Winfrey on the Today Show, The View, Fox News, and more. Um, I found out that he gave free offers to soldiers returning home from war for two women in his brothels, which is very interesting. He's good. He's a people person. He, as we talked about, uh, became the one of the state legislator seats. He won the state legislator seat in Nevada. He lost in 2016. This was his second time running. And then he's like, I'm going to be like Trump. It was a Trump Republican. He got a whole bunch of votes. And now that he's dead, the seat remains vacant. (laughs) So this guy won. And he's dead. I think it's the Republican Party that actually gets that seat, from what I read. But it does. It does. But they have to they have to be voted upon. Right. Right. But why are we voting in dead people? 
Well, I don't. But uh, was he was oh, he dead though uh, when the when the election took place? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Because they must have hated the other person that much that they're going to. I know. The dead person. <laughs> Poor Dennis. I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> it just inter- yeah. It was the first Tuesday in November. He died on like October sixteenth. That was true. Very true. Very true. It was almost a month. So. Huh. What are you doing? Get it together, Nevada. God. You and your prostitution and your drinking and your... Prostitution. And your prostitutes. You know what else is being prostituted around? (laughs) What? (laughs) Tim Brown's Heisman Trophy. (laughs) That was a stretch. (laughs) Okay, so... Tim Brown. <laughs> that was terrible. Hey, man. <laughs> Tim Brown was the first wide receiver to win a Heisman Trophy. It was in, oh, God, what year was it? 1987, the year before I was yes. born. Um, played for Notre Dame. His Heisman Trophy is being sold by the New Jersey-based auction site, Golden Auctions. And the... It's actually up for sale right now, November 19th, December 5th. It's open to bid on. So if you want a Heisman Trophy. Where is it at? What's the site? The auction house is Golden Auction, G-O-L-D-I-N, based out of New Jersey. Seems legit. So Can't even spell golden, right? Good job. So he, uh, this is not the first time his Heisman Trophy's been sold. It was sold once before to a private buyer that Tim Brown actually sold it to. This private buyer is now putting it up for auction. However, if you do plan on buying a Heisman Trophy, just to give you a little bit of an um, understanding of how much money you might be spending, looking at some other modern-day players, uh, Rashan Salam in 1994 is running back for University of Colorado for $399,608. Charles White running back for USC in 1979, $184,000. And O.J. Simpson's. Uh, was sold for two hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. So, so do you think bring some money with you? This one gets above the three ninety-nine. I think it's got a chance, and the biggest reason is it is the first wide receiver to win a Heisman Trophy. Right, Tim Brown. Um, he was both inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame with the stats at Notre Dame, where he had uh, 137 receptions, 2,493 yards, and 12 touchdowns in his career. He also had 442 rush yards and four touchdowns. Um, He played then for the L.A. and Oakland Raiders organization in the one year in Tampa Bay. He had 100 touchdowns and almost 15,000 receiving yards in the NFL. He's a good player. He's now in Canton. Um... I think it could bring a pretty penny, but I don't know how I feel about things like this going up for sale. Oh, time for Matt to get sentimental. Well, so, not sentimental. It's just a thought of, I guess I could never have that feeling because I obviously have never won such a prestigious award. 
why are they selling it? Are they getting in a bad place? Why do they have to get rid of this memorabilia? Right, right. I mean, it's if they're getting in a bad place, that's not good. Maybe it's something that the league should look into because obviously he was doing okay when he was playing in the NFL. Now that he's retired, he doesn't have his Heisman anymore. Did he sell it originally? I couldn't find a date when he sold it originally. Did he sell it originally when he was young in the league? There's just a lot of different things. Why did O.J. Simpson get rid of his? Did he need money for legal problems? Well, actually, that's probably why. He probably needed legal money. Right. So, I don't know. I, I don't think that if, if the if the NCAA is dedicating this much time, money, and effort to ensuring that these players receive these awards, there should be some sort of clause where you can't sell it for profit. But the flip side to that is why not? They're already not making money in college football. It's their possession. Why can't they mm. sell it? I don't know. It's just a little, little strange. This is interesting because I'm scrolling through this site now, and I'm finding other things for sale. One thing I thought that was pretty interesting was the infamous customized H2 Hummer LeBron James received for his 18th birthday is for sale for fifty grand. That's it? For auction. Well, it's for auction. So. Oh. Um, but then we have Dixon Edwards is selling two Super Bowl rings. Calvin Ridley is selling his three national championship rings from Alabama. You got bats on here. Um, like, Ed, like fruit bats or vampire bats? No, like Derek Jeter's last bat. I, I know. I, I was mean. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just shocked how many of these things end up for sale. Like, what the hell? I don't know. I don't but know. I guess I that's like why people go out there and buy them because they're available, then they eventually will sell them and make more money. I guess that's their... I don't know. I don't either. That's why we're talking about it. I don't know. I mean, what's your thoughts? Should should, should you be able to sell your Heisman trophy? Yeah, why not? It's not your, it's yours. I know. That's, that's why I'm I <laughs> conundrum here. I, I get where you're coming from. What's up, Ann? Um, I think... If you don't want it, I think th- the Hall of Fame should have the rights to take it. Yeah, you I know, like I like that. Just so it's still, if you don't, you know, if you want to give it to them, maybe there's a contract or a deal that, hey, if you give us your trophy, we'll give you a hundred grand. That's the flat price for what we're doing, or something, or they can match something. Or I think they should have a first right at it before it goes to public auction. If it's something that. A Hall of Fame doesn't want, then yeah, sure, you know, go and sell it. But I'd like to see a lot of these things. Like I'm scrolling through here. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of items that are very interesting and very cool that you would like to see displayed. Displayed, yeah, exactly. Not, not in private, especially. Private I mean, <laughs> Tim Brown's Heisman Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but that's that's us thinking as sports fans, We're right? Thinking as. Right, your, your common right. Merchant. I mean, we, we'll never have enough money to be able to afford something. No, like that. no, not so at we all. We can't think of this as as a business standpoint, right? Because it's and we not of our we got to look at it like how these people who sold it, who like OJ when he sold his, he probably needed the money, and was like, hmm, I can sell it for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Sure, yeah, I could absolutely. use a quarter million right now. Yeah, I mean, and that hand. I mean, I think of I. Every time I see something like this, I think back to last time I saw Darren McCarty. Yeah. He's in. I think he's sober now. But yeah, he was, now he's he looking pretty shape. good. He was doing drugs, alcohol constantly. Um, he was not in a good place. He sold off a lot of his possessions, a lot of his memorabilia from all the Stanley Cups they won, and 
he's now doing a slapstick comedy tour because he started on his last leg because he just burned mm-hmm. up everything he had. Well, as a professional hockey player at that time, it's not a whole lot of money to begin with. And if you're not smart with your money and you burn it all up, then he got screwed. Right. And you got people, you're, you're winning championships, you're going out, you're popping bottles, you're buying everything for everyone and limos and this, that, and the other thing. And you got to still think at the end of the day, hey, you want this money to last you for the rest of your life. You have to invest it properly and take care of it and maybe don't go out as much or don't buy the top shelf stuff if you're not making, you know, 50 million a year or something. Yeah. I'd like to yeah. make a million a year. I'd like to make like a dollar. A hundred G a year. I'd like to make a dollar a year. I'm broke. <laughs> Got no money. <laughs> this is our stat slash fact of the podcast. Hit me with it. So I was watching the Detroit Lions game on Sunday, and they were playing the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> and something was brought to my attention. The Panthers now, after their failed attempt on Sunday, as an organization, the Panthers are now 0 for 376 on onside kicks. This is our stat slash fact of the podcast. How do you not get one on accident? <laughs> Right? Like how do you not just kick it so weird? It hits the ground, hits the guy in the face mask, and yeah. it comes right to one of your guys. You tried three hundred and seventy-six. Old for three seventy-six. How like you have to? You have to be so good at being bad, or so bad at being good. I don't even know. That's terrible. Yes, I know this year in the NFL is on like a seven percent success rate or something mm-hmm. like that with onside kicks. The Lions got one a couple weeks ago, which is kind of neat, but. Oh, for 376. Come on, guys. I mean, how many kickers kickers have you gone through in the last 376 attempts at a damn onside kick? Yeah, you would definitely think someone would have made one at some point. Not even on purpose. Right, right. (sighs) I just can't believe it. That was a very interesting fact when you told me that. I don't know. It stresses me out. (laughs) I I could... I could kick and recover a kick once, I think, by myself. You know what else is interesting, though? Constellations are pretty interesting. (laughs) Exactly. Ford Field has become the kicker's death. Yeah. Sometimes the field's a little too perfect. There's not enough wind. (laughs) The snow isn't coming in. It's 75 and everyone's all excited. It's tricky (laughs) kicking in perfect atmosphere. (laughs) All right. Coming up, we're going to take a little break. We're going to keep this live, though. We're going to go play some music. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Uh, We're going to talk Beer the Podcast, talk about the first snow in the Great Lakes Bay region, uh, talk about the Lions, give you our Week 12 picks, and talk some Michigan-Ohio State and tell you our plans for our next overtime episode.
Just make sick beats. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I should a, become a rapper. You should just become a hype man. It's what all the lazy ones do nowadays. We should rant about that because New Age rap sucks. Yeah, pretty much everything made after about 2004. Nah, 2006. Yeah, four to eight's the gray area. That is a. All right, beer of the podcast. We are drinking from Roke Brewing in Royal Oak, Michigan. It is good. Um, Little St. Nick. Um, Little nod to the Beach Boys there. Word. It's a sour goza, uh, cranberry. Uh, Tart intensity of the beer submits to a light addition of pink Himalayan sea salt. This goes a subly... I can't talk. <laughs> the complexity of cranberry and you, offers uh, a crisp sensation of malted white wheat to the palate. So it's basically an introduction to a sour. <laughs> Cheers. Gross. The color for everyone to see. Nice and cranberry, I guess to say the least. This is delicious. It is very good. I am... Heavily impressed. Um, not too tart, not too salty. Blends together very well. Roke, you gotta say, you're impressing me. So they used the word that I stumbled over was subtly. Subtly? Like S U B T L E Y? This is why I hate the English language. Okay. We'll rant about that later, too. Not this episode, different. Oh, that you're just gonna leave it at that? You're not gonna tell me why you hate it? Because, why? You putting a B in that word. Subtly presents. Not subtly. <laughs> Gee, who wrote the English dictionary? You know, Marion Webster. I'm coming for you. No, he's Keep one eye open. Yeah, he's, he's got both of them closed. Cause he's <laughs> definitely dead. Six feet under. You know what else is funny? In English language? Pony and baloney rhyme. <laughs> Blogna? B-O-L-O-G-N-A says baloney. My baloney has a first name, it's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a last name, it's M-E-Y-E-R. We're going to get two, 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 two. (laughs) And it's been so much fun. Rick, you got commercial tracks? Send them my way, homie. We'll get them on here. Shout out, give you credit. That's it. That's all the shout out you get. (laughs) Enjoy it. So, big things happening in the world of beer lately, at least in Michigan. It's not a huge thing, just a big thing. Um, If you beer fans out there have not heard this yet, Roke Brewing Company is acquiring a large portion of Right Brain Brewery. So, Roke Brewing in Royal Oak, Right Brain Brewing in Traverse City are basically going to merge. And I think this is... The beginning of a different time for breweries. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more, uh, I guess, transactions like this. Yeah, it makes sense. It gives Right Brain some capital, um, and it gives both breweries some more space to brew and some more easier collaboration efforts. Um, Canarchy was the first one to kind of go after this um, without the backing of one of the top three brewers, uh, being Miller Coors and Bud. But 
with Canarchy being all craft, this is just kind of another step in that direction of, hey, we're two breweries. All we want to do is try and make both our lives better and make our dis- distribution, our beer better, easier to get for our consumers and move on from there. I I mean, to be independent and local is eventually going is becoming very difficult. So showing that they're willing to, you know, put their egos aside and go into this thing together and say, "Hey, we don't want to go anywhere and we think, you know, working together is going to be the best way to do it." I completely agree with the way the beer industry is moving right now. Yep. Um I've been a firm believer in the last five, six years or so, looking at the, the beer industry, not just in our state, but across the U.S. There's so many breweries popping up. And a lot of these breweries are hyper-local. They're very small. A lot of these breweries are bigger, like you got your Sierra Nevadas, your Bells, your New Belgiums, your Founders, etc. And then you've got a whole bunch of them that are stuck in the middle. Yeah. Where they don't produce enough barrels at the end of the year to warrant a a, a huge um, share of the market, but they're not small enough where they can distribute their own, just survive on their own um, taproom because they've gone above and beyond that threshold. Right. Eventually, this this bubble is going to pop in the state of Michigan, at least, and probably across the U.S. and other states, too, where eventually these breweries are going to start to fizzle out. And these smaller ones that, like your Rokes and your Right Brains especially, don't start to do something to better themselves, they're going to disappear. Because the market can only sustain this many breweries for a certain period of time. Eventually that fad's going to die, and we're seeing more and more breweries open up. It's time that we see more things like this across the U.S. where we see more and more breweries trying to help each other out and thrive as opposed to compete. There's going to be competition no matter what. Why not help out your fellow brewer? And at the end of the day, you can still survive independently and assist each other. Yeah, there's what five, six hundred breweries now in Michigan. I can't even keep count anymore. There's so many, uh, three hundred. Yeah, there's more than that that are licensed. Yeah, I'll look it up. Okay. Anyways, even if it's three hundred or whatever, at some point, and I think it's starting to happen. A lot of these people who were reaching for distribution and reaching for sales and trying to get into people's hands before they could support the volume are starting to fall off. And it's not just falling off as in pulling back distribution or becoming a smaller footprint. It's closing doors and locking them, auctioning off equipment. Um, For those who don't know, M43... 323 breweries in Michigan. I thought it was more than that by now. Anyways, Old Nation. (laughs) (laughs) And when they made M43, it was a last chance at saving the brewery. And they just stumbled on something that took off and ended up saving them as a company. They went from, hey, let's one last ditch effort and see what happens. And all of a sudden it's allocated and you can't get it as much as you wanted. And they're expanding. Um, That's not going to happen everywhere. And I think of the 320. 320. 320. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was 500. I don't know where I got that number. Um, Anyways. That's a math whiz, too. Oh, totally. I'm great at math. I th- I do think you're going to see the, the breweries that are trying to push a little too much, you know, fall off. And there's one brewery I went up to, and it's Hoplot up in Leelanau uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. And yep. I talked to those guys a little bit about distribution and everything. I introduced myself, what I did for a living. And they were very blunt at saying, we don't want to go down that path. And I 
was like, you know what? They explained to me those reasons, and I was like, I, I completely understand. You don't want to risk something that right now, every time I go up there, guess where I'm going? I'm going to Hoplot. Yep. And if you take that attraction away, then you're going to kill your home base. And I don't there's a lot of breweries even in distribution right now that I think need to pull back before it gets to that point. Hey, open to brew pub, man. It, it's it's okay. As as an ownership group, you need to look at that and say, hey, we're going to make money. We're going to be cool. You're going to be a destination. And that's what some of these places need to get back to. That's just my thoughts, though. Oh, what am no, I? Absolutely I, makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we're around the industry enough. We'll see what happens here in the future. And hopefully for those that don't know, Matt and I sell beer for a living. <laughs> that's our day job. So <laughs> It's not all it's cracked up to be. No. No. Not at all. But it's fun. It's a good industry to be in, and it's moving, and it's changing, and I don't know. It's, it's a very, it, no pun intended, it's a very fluid industry. Hello. We're going to see a lot of changes here, I believe, in the next three years. Actually, less you know than that. I, I intended that pun. That was a good one. <laughs> totally pun intended. So completely intended. Right. We're sitting here drinking beer. Yeah. Pretending that we're important in podcasting and watching <laughs> football. And all these college, or not the college, my bad. All these NFL stadiums have liquor licenses and can sell booze. Yeah. Well, in college, you can't at everyone. Um, I believe the number was uh, a decade ago, it was less than 12. Um, as of this year, 52 out of 129 programs have turned on basically the taps at their venues. Um, unfortunately, none in Michigan. So this is where it gets tricky. I did some research and reading on this. If in the state, or excuse me, in the United States, if the field is owned by the state, you cannot serve alcohol. Mm-hmm. Currently, that's the way it works. So Michigan State University, their field is owned by the state of Michigan. Same thing with U of M, Central, etc. You cannot serve booze in there because it's owned by the state, and it's a government. Technically, it's a government. What's up, Munson? Uh, I don't know. Government building, I guess. Yeah. It's just a weird way that the law works, whereas some of these schools, the school itself might be owned by the state, but the field is still privately owned. Right. So they can serve booze in there. Right. And then the school leases it from yes. private owner yes. A. Exactly. I think that they should figure out a way to get booze into college football games because even all college sporting events because it's happening anyway you will make a lot more money I can't think of a downside people's going to say well people are going to drink underage people are doing that already in the NFL games they're already out in the parking lot getting drunk underage exactly (laughs) it goes back to honestly might prevent more underage drinking. right how hard is it to get a beer underage at a tiger's game very very difficult yes you have to show your id you have to prove that you're 21 etc i think it'd be a very good idea to try to open this up more i i agree and i think especially with the smaller schools it should be because then you're enticing more people to come like i love going to football games and drinking a beer when i go to central games Obviously, a tailgate. I'm going to do that anyways, but I'm waiting to the last second to run into that stadium and watch kickoff because i got to have my last beer. And I know for three hours, two and a half hours, I'm not going to have any, which is fine. Like I'm not an alcoholic or anything, but it's something I enjoy watching football and having a beer. 
And I think with the smaller schools, it's going to mean more. For the bigger schools, it's just more freaking money. Yep. You know, and we all know how much big schools like money. Right. For the small schools, all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're only like 30% full on average. And now all of a sudden you're 50 or 60 or 70. Not only are you getting ticket revenues, they're buying beer that you're upcharging insane amounts of percentages that is just more money in your pocket. I I haven't been. So Saginaw Valley is a Division two school. Yeah. I haven't been to an SVSU football game since I graduated. Because you can't drink beer. I don't think that's why, but I would be more apt to go mm. into the game, I think, if they served beer there. Yeah. I don't know why. It just enhances the sporting experience, though, I think. Exactly. It's just one of these subjects that I think our generation moving forward, I think you'll see an expansion on it in the next 10 years, the next decade or so, but it falls kind of under the same thing as like legalized sports betting. It's like people are doing it. Yeah. Why not? Make it make make money off it. Yeah, regulate it. Make money off of it. I mean, they're already in their stadium drinking. I saw a report just the other day out of the big house how they kicked like twenty people out for finding them drinking with flasks and stuff. So I witness people duct tape fifths of alcohol to their thighs right. to walk into a football game. Exactly, it's funny. It looks painful as hell. Oh yeah, but, but it's it. happening. They're going to these places and drinking, whether they buy it there or they bring it in. Why not sell it there? Make the money. Regulate it. Make some money. Right. Absolutely. If you want to find a way to limit how many each person can have, more power to you. Nah, I don't even do that. But people get all messed up. At the end, they're still going to find a way to get it. So, yeah. Uh, It's like when you hide your Christmas presents, or your parents hid your Christmas presents when you were a kid. You always figured out where they were. Then they denied. Oh no, that's for your cousin. No, mom, that's what I asked for (laughs) Christmas. I know it's mine. We bought it for your cousin because we like them better. <laughs> Mom, I want a Buzz Lightyear too. <laughs> Hot Wheel track. <laughs> All right, let's blend these next two. Uh, so Le'Veon Bell is officially sitting out for the season. Sitting about what fourteen and a half million dollars? Yeah, something like that. So. It's on repeat, Matt. Thanks for checking. <laughs> the most technologically thing you've done. I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning. I it's appreciate it. You could have typed me a note. Don't even use repeat a, question mark. Don't even use a manual. I have to use a manual razor. I can't even. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is officially out uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, depending on how the Steelers deal with him in the offseason, could make him a impending free agent or not. But this brings up my next point is Carry on Johnson is officially injured. Carry on. Carry on, my wayward son. Wow, what a terrible rendition. Terrible. Horrible. If you ever try to sing that karaoke, I'm going to unplug the <laughs> kick you out the front door, and bid you adieu. The sad thing is you'd have the other mic, so it'd be kind of funny. I would never <laughs> sing that song karaoke. It's way too long. People get pissed off. <laughs> you got to either sing something that everybody wants to sing along with you that's not like 17 instrumental breaks or something that you know really well and you can just belt out like I don't know Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi we should have talked about this beforehand sorry go on do you want me to just do my ranks I think I might just start without meaning to go you do your thing okay alright here we go free country I'm not going to tell you what to do alright so this has like two or three different little minor subjects to it but 
still lines. Anyways, so carry on Johnson sprained his right knee. Right knee, left knee? I don't know. Sprained his knee. Um, so he is now um, questionable week to week, whatever you want to call it, for the rest of the season. And Le'Veon Bell is a pending free agent. Le'Veon um, Bell is not a Lion. No, not at all. Uh, here is my proposed deal for the Lions. Um, you have Carrion Johnson, who is a great young back, making about like $900,000 a year. Um, and, you, <laughs> and you have him locked up for the next three years after this year. My proposal is to you, Detroit Lions and Martha Ford and Bob Quinn, go sign my man Le'Veon Bell to a three-year, fully guaranteed deal and use him until he turns 30. At that point, our good friend, carry on johnson will be 24 still have six great years of football left in him save some tread on the tires good to go happy go lucky you made the playoffs maybe you done? no okay <laughs> you want me to be done? no i just have an issue with that already. no no say it go so carry on johnson's proved that he's he can be a fantastic rusher i mean he's had yes. 200 yard games already I think that if you bring on a running back who is older, yes, more experienced, yes, but more centered around himself, obviously is a very good running back. You're taking touches away from a kid that can become the next Le'Veon Bell. But if you take three years away from him, what the hell good does that do? You're not taking it away. You're still well, splitting. Yeah, there's no reason to sign Le'Veon Bell, though, and split times with a guy that can already get 100 yards a game. But he just got hurt. We don't know how serious it is. It's only week to week. Uh, all right. Pending injury. I still would make this stop. Okay. Continue your rant, though. Sorry. All right. Anyway, just an idea. Just wanted to voice my opinions. Voice your opinion on your own time. Um, so, because we missed last week's episode, do it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> the Lions lost, and I gave up to the Bears at nineteen nothing. Uh, I did not understand what Matt Patricia was doing, what the offense was doing, what the defense was doing. I didn't get it, and I called for Jim Bob Cooter's head, and I'm still calling for that, even though they just beat the Panthers. Now, Stafford needs to wake up and own his bad play. He can't keep blaming it on the game plan. Okay, he's got bad execution; it needs to happen. The interesting thing I found when I was going through all my research last week was the, we are the middle of the pack on all the core, all the categories, offensively and defensively, except rush defense, where we're number 27. There's just been a lack of execution that makes it difficult to gain an advantage in any of these games. And they're breaking wide open, running plays, going for 30, 40 yards at a time, which we cannot respond to at all. Now, in typical fashion, they go out they beat the Panthers. Thanks, Ron Rivera, for trying to go for two, and Cam Newton for not remembering how to throw a football. Cam Newton looked terrible. Yes. Sunday. Terrible. And I believe we are going to give our field goal posts an extension for about five years, $50 million. <laughs> Thanks, Graham Gano. Anyways, it was a good game all around, but I want to point this out for the Lions. The Lions have four victories, okay? They have beat Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton and Brock Osweiler. All of those teams had a winning record when we beat them too. Yes. Now I ranked. I went through and I ranked the quarterbacks that we played so far, one through ten. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Cam Newton are my top four. They beat three of the top four. You throw Osweiler in there, 
cool, whatever. You did play Jimmy G. I didn't know where to put him in this ranking because I don't know where he lands because we've only seen him for two games. He lands and on his knee awkwardly. Yeah, oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> but that loss is looking worse just because you have to remember they were 0-1. That was their first win. That was with Jimmy G. Stafford it's a different team. That day. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to that a little bit. I'm not done yet. Okay. After you're done though, I'm gonna add on to it. That's fine. So two more notes, then you're good. Oh, that's okay. Make more. For all the tater tots out there. All the tater tots. All the tater tots. Showtime Tate would not have won those last two games for us. Stop it. We're not gonna make the playoffs. We're not gonna win the Super Bowl. That's what I like. My old man told me something, and he's been telling me the same thing for twenty five years. Every time one o'clock on a Sunday They'll lose. It's a waste of time. Don't watch. Guess what? I still watch. And me, just like you, and just like all of you out there, even though my brain's telling me, no, there's no shot at making the playoffs, Adam. No, we suck. We should lose the rest of the season. You know what I'm thinking? Hmm, we just beat Cam Newton. We got four wins. If we beat the Bears, we'll only be a half a game out of the wild card as long as the Vikings lose. Hmm. And all of a sudden, my brain's going, this is what they do to me all the freaking time. They give me hope. They give me hope, Matt. It's like... Honolulu blue glimmers in the distance. And you know what happens in week 17? Gone! That's why I don't give you hope. I, had I give you else. disappointment. Oh, yeah. I'm raising Jameson to be a Steelers fan. Boy. All right. Here's my thoughts on the season so far. I mean, everybody's after Matt Stafford right now. I know his play has not been very good. His pocket presence has been absolutely terrible. He's off balance in a lot of his throws. And he has very poor field vision right now. And I don't know why. I wanted to attribute it to a poor offensive line. I looked it up, and he's got 2.67 seconds on average to throw the ball, which is above average for the league. So that's not it at all. Um, he's 24th among starting quarterbacks in quarterback rating at 93.2. That's bad. A lot of that has to do with his poor pocket presence. On top of that, though, there has been t- games, especially against Minnesota Vikings, where they sacked him 10 times. He's been sacked 30 times so far this season. Going into that game, he's only been sacked, I believe, six times. He was sacked 10 times that day and six times the next game. 16 times he was sacked in two weeks. And that just completely destroys his his entire morale when he's in the pocket. There's only five quarterbacks in the league with more sacks. Aaron Rodgers, one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, also has 30 sacks this year. Biggest difference, he can move his damn feet. Matt Stafford is not doing that whatsoever. We have a phenomenal running game. Scratch that. We could have a phenomenal running game, but the biggest issue we have right now is Jim Bob Cooter, and I agree with you in this fact that we need to get rid of Cooter. Cooter needs to be gone. He's one of the only coaches that we kept on when Patricia came over. We got rid of one of the other ones in in a special teams coach. Why not get rid of the offensive coordinator? I don't care what kind of bond that Cooter and Stafford have. Get rid of the offensive coordinator. And on top of that, get rid of George Godsey, too. He's the quarterback coach right now. Obviously, he's not doing his damn job because he's not telling Stafford what he's doing wrong because he does the same thing wrong every single week. The play calling is so predictable. I was shocked to see them throw on first down, first down to start the game yesterday. Absolutely shocked. <laughs> I told Melody, I was like, dude, this is the first time they did that whole season. Yeah. And look, they won the game. That was an incomplete pass, I think. No, no, actually, I think it was a gain of nine. I think it was a gain of nine. And they won the game. 
So obviously that's something that, that maybe they should consider doing is not doing the same thing. They run it up the gut, run it up the gut, throw it for 10 yards because they didn't gain anything in the first two plays, and hopefully get a first down, but usually they don't. And when Stafford d- does come under pressure because they know a pass is coming, so they rush the house, come on, don't be so damn predictable. It's the NFL. They know what you're doing. They read your play calls. They, they see your formation, and it's the same thing every single time. And this is 100% on – no, 80% on Cooter. Stafford right now is 13th in the league with 2,605 yards passing. Um, he's 8th in attempts, 244 attempts. And his completion percentage isn't terrible at 66%. Eight interceptions, not good. No. Did you know Drew Brees has one interception so far this yeah. year? He's amazing. So I think what Stafford really needs to do is go home at night and watch film Drew Brees and say, man, that guy's like, you know, 10 years older than me, and he looks way better <laughs> than me. What am I doing wrong? Oh, right. yeah, I suck, and my offensive coordinator doesn't know how to call a damn game. Cooter, retire. I'm done. Just leave. Yeah, don't even retire. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want you to get benefits. I want you to just be gone. You can be like... Like the bubonic plague, just gone. Bye-bye. Eradicated. So, can you eradicate a person? Is it called an assassination? I don't see why not. <laughs> Anyways, so Lions play this Thursday for the Thanksgiving Day game or whatever. They got Chicago. I think they're going to win, possibly. I don't know. But nonetheless, why do Lions play on Thanksgiving? Well, I went into all this research trying to find something cool and interesting why the Lions and the Cowboys are always playing on Thanksgiving. You know what I found out, Matthew? What did you find out, Adam? It's just the way it's been. Yep. There's no other reason. None whatsoever. I found the same thing. I was also very interested. So Lions have been playing on Thanksgiving for how many years now? Oh, 30s, I think they started. Something like that. And it's just, exactly, it's just what they do. And uh, it's a very distracting noise. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's coming in like that, but anyways. Um, so yeah, they just play on Thanksgiving. It's fun to watch. Very disappointing most of the time, but it's fun to watch. Right. So I was looking at some of the games, and uh, so Michigan U of M uh, started holding an annual Thanksgiving Day game, and they were holding games from '85 to 1905. And the games were like 1885. Yeah, 1885 between Michigan and the Uni- University of Chicago Maroons. What color were the uniforms? Maroon. And that was cited as the beginning of Thanksgiving Day football. You know what I hate about Thanksgiving? What? The Thanksgiving Day parade. Uh, why? Because it's a waste of time. You're weird. <laughs> There's no doubt, doubt in that. <laughs> All right. You want to bring him on? Should we bring Nate Seeley on? Yeah, we can do that. Nate, you there? Yep, I'm here. Cool. How are y'all doing today? We are doing fantabulous. <laughs> Wish y'all had me last the picks because I would have been uh, five possibly. Yeah, I was looking at that too. I had two. As long as the Rams win, we will both be five and oh. I did not have a good week. Because Matt does no idea what he's talking about. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, so that Washington, means this week up. Washington would have beat Houston if there wasn't a detrimental injury. <laughs> Stupid. Man. 
stupid out of it. So tell us about yourself, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I was friends with Matt in college. <laughs> Same fraternity with him. So, you know, what else do you want to know about me? <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm actually in graduate school. I'm uh, going for my PhD in history. I'm going to try to be a college professor teaching African-American history. So, <clears throat> And I watch mean. NFL quite a bit on the side and wish I could have got on the fantasy football bandwagon a little earlier. Did a podcast myself. So consider myself a personal analyst, I guess. <laughs> oh, great. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> All right. Let's get started with the games then. Atlanta at New Orleans. I got to go with New Orleans here. Saints have been my Super Bowl pick beginning of the year. Um, I think Atlanta's defense is just terrible. So I agree 100%. I think, especially being at home um, Thursday night, it's the Saints going to run away with this one. Atlanta looks like garbage, and they're just going to continue to do so. Uh, Drew Brees, that's all I have to say. <laughs> He's having an amazing career. Not, well, yeah, amazing career, but amazing season. He's going to have four touchdowns at home against Atlanta. <laughs> All right. going to win. New Orleans is going to win. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Heard it here first. Next game, the Sunday game of the week, Arizona at the Chargers. What you got, Sealy? I got to go with the Chargers again. Uh, preseason, I picked the Saints versus the Chargers in the Super Bowl. So, going Chargers with the win here, especially at home against a 2-8 and eight Arizona team. I just don't see how they get it done. Arizona blows. Uh, there's no way that the Chargers are going to lose at home to the Cardinals. Uh, they don't have a defense. Their offense is starting to pick it up a little bit. But L.A. is secretly a two-loss team right now. Yeah, they're kind of forgotten about, I think, across all, all the boards. and Well, they're the... They're the other team in L.A. right now. That's all mm-hmm. they are. I mean, the Rams are going They can't nuts. fill a 30,000-seat stadium. Exactly. So, I agree. I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. All right, next game, Sunday night game, NFC North matchup. We got Green Bay at Minnesota. What you thinking here, Sealy? Going to be a close one, I think. Probably a score in the 20s, but I'm going to go with Green Bay here. I think Rodgers gets it done this week and – Maybe McCarthy actually gives him a chance at the end of the game this week. <laughs> Good man. I think the same thing. I just I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers right now. He's got something to prove. He's got nothing around him. He's finally got a running game that's starting to pick it up. His defense is doing okay, but he's got no offensive talent around him. Just a bunch of old washed up people and him. So I think Green Bay is going to take it to him, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to single-handedly win this game. Green Bay is 0-5 on the road. There's so much turmoil in that locker room right now. Minnesota runs away with this one. I don't see Green Bay going to Minnesota on Sunday night to win this game after all the rumors that are going around with that team right now and knowing in the back of their mind that they have yet to win a road game this season. Yep, but with this road game, you can't lose road games forever. McCarthy's got everything to lose, so he's going to put everything on the floor. The Lions did it for a couple years, though. So, <laughs> just throwing that out there. But, no, that's an abnormality because they're the stupid lions. <laughs> All right, Monday night game. This is going to be an outstanding game. I can't wait for next Monday night. 
Tennessee <laughs> at Houston. This is going to actually be a good game just because, because they're, they're so they're mediocre. <laughs> See what you're thinking here. I'm going to go with the Texans here, just riding the hot hand. I think they've won, what, six or seven straight. So yeah. They started 0-3 and got seven wins. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. I was thinking Houston, but I'm going Tennessee just because they're due to do something so absurd. They haven't done it. They haven't had like a weird win yet this year. They're usually that team that everybody forgets about and looks past, and then they end up beating the pants off somebody. I think that's going to be this week. Nope, I'm taking Houston. I know you wrote on here already. Oh, good. <laughs> and then a random game of the week. It's not real random. It's close to all our hearts. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Chicago at Detroit. Just because that's what they do. They play on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I oh, I just changed my mind. But Sealy, what you got? <laughs> well, it hurts my heart, but I think the Bears are going to probably take this one. Um, but like Muse was kind of saying earlier, um, it's kind of interesting story about how the Lions always break your heart. I saw an NFC playoff scenario on TV yesterday, and the Lions weren't even listed. So I went back, I checked everything out, and I think they're going to give us hope at the end and probably break our hearts again. I think they'll definitely be in contention for a wild card spot towards the end, even if they lose the next couple weeks. But Chicago in this one, and Detroit's going to really have to fight hard to get back in it. Adam, what do you get? I got Chicago. I mean, I'll be rooting for the Lions, and I'll be happy to take this loss, but seeing what they've done all season on a short week, carry-ons out, Galladay isn't healthy, Marvin Jones is out. I just don't see them winning this game at all. Well, we got a... We've got a chance to win. The Lions' overall record on Thanksgiving Day, 36-38-2. I think so we're below 500. Week, <laughs> I think after this week, we're going to be 37-38-2. Still below 500, but slightly better. Go Lions. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking a flyer on that one, dude. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right, Sealy. Well, I appreciate you coming on for real this week. No right. problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you. Talk to you soon, buddy. Totally gonna win. There's no shot. No, none at all. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Hey, it's on air, buddy. You, you got to go with it. Yeah, I know. I know I'm sticking with it. They have what the doctors call stick to tipness and <laughs> obesity. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So, what else we got here? Big game this week uh, Michigan, Ohio State. I'm not going to bore you with any crazy analysis or anything. He's going to give you an interesting detail. I, oh, I was like, wait, where? It's on the next page. Hey, yes. Uh, I'm sure if anyone's seen the previews to this matchup, we have heard Harbaugh and Meyer were both born in Toledo at Mercy Hospital. Just Harbaugh was born seven months earlier than Meyer. 
And they were both babies when they were born, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought Urban was a man. He probably looked like an ugly man. <laughs> so no, There's no way Urban Meyer was a cute baby. No. Who do you got? That's all I want. I know everyone can talk about it. The hype. We all know we all hate Ohio State. We all know we want Michigan to win. This is the first time. Ohio State's a dog by, I think, two and a half. Yep. This is the first time Michigan's been a favorite in since 2000. It's a while. Four? It's like 15 years or something. I want to say since 2004. And they're not a huge favorite. Michigan needed Ohio State to have their record that they do right now for this to be a quality game. And the, oh, man, it's tough. But I think Michigan's going to come out on top. Urban Meyer is, seeing all the reactions he had last week against Maryland was hilarious. Whoever the camera guy was that did all the, hey, something happened on the field, let's look at Urban Meyer to see what he's doing. Brilliant guy. He deserves a raise and a promotion. So, There's way too much going on in that locker room. There's too much controversy surrounding that program for this big of a game. And on top of that, you can call it your damn revenge tour, whatever you want, U of M. You're going to go out there, you're going to beat them, and there's a very good chance that you can still make the college playoffs. Obviously, there's a chance you can't, but everything up until this point has gone your way. If you win this game and you don't make the playoffs, it's out of your hands. If you lose this game and you don't make the playoffs, it's all your fault. This is a must-win situation. I think Michigan's going to win this game. I agree 100% with everything you said, so I'm not going to repeat any of it. Okay. Well, that was a good <laughs> back and forth. Reason. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great game, nonetheless, but go blue. Uh, you good? I've never been better. Okay. So we're going to post this episode on Wednesday morning. Share that post. You can come on just like Nate did, uh, do our picks for week 13. Uh, Plenty of good games that week as well. We will actually be hosting our overtime number five during the match, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, this Friday, 3 o'clock. We're going live for the whole thing. It's going to be long. It's going to be funny. We got some cool beer tasting things we're going to try and do during it, so it's not just going to see me and Matt sitting on the couch picking our nose or anything. Uh, we're trying to entertain I, you as I much might as we can. My nose, but you probably will. Um, for. I'm taking Tiger by three. Who you got? Quick. Phil by one. Phil by one. All right. Reach us by email. MattMuse.gmail.com. Call or text 989-372-1391. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. MattMuse and MattMuse.com. See ya. That was the Matt Muse Show. Thank you for listening. I got all the songs right in the right order without repeating. Got it.